Welcome to Outwitting the Manipulator, the podcast that gives you powerful techniques to protect yourself as a manipulation is taking place. Now here are your hosts, authors, and communication experts, Robin Galinsky and Dr. Dennis Becker. Hello, everybody. I am Robin, and I'm here with Dennis, and today's episode is about how humor hurts humor as a manipulation tactic humor can make you feel loved and happy and all those good things but it can also be a powerful weapon in the world of manipulation and dennis and i are going to specifically discuss irony and the use of sarcasm so what do you think about that dennis oh come on we have to think about that Gee whiz. Okay, think about it. Oh, oh, I'm not. I'm not giving examples of these. I'm just going to talk about them now. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Listen, yes, exactly. You know, He's trying to though, use it on me already. <laughs> my attempts at humor may very well be busted quite easily. However, I'm not the comedian that you are, but I'll do my best <laughs> because these are two tech tactics, sarcasm and irony, that get used a lot. Yes, by by manipulators, and they you know they get used with things things like blaming or conflation with other th- topics. It's, they get used, they get they get blended in with other things, and so it's really important for for us to share with you today some ways that you you can be alerted to, be aware of, and protect yourself when your manipulator is attempting to use humor. It's in a broad sense the word humor it doesn't always mean ha ha. But when they're using things like sarcasm and irony in particular, which they may think is funny, what do you do when that happens? And you can tell that that's happening. That's what we're going to be talking about today. So it's very nuanced. Very nuanced. So it can be, and the reason it it provides plausible deniability, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, Dennis, you're way too sensitive. That's that's the that's the normal comeback, by the way, isn't oh it? Oh my Robin? gosh, are you insecure or what? Yeah, I yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know why you took it that way. Oh, you think of that? I didn't mean it like that. Come on. Yeah. Oh, that's oh my mm-hmm, gosh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. So those are very common uh, responses when you try to bust someone and call them out yeah. on their sarcasm. Mm-hmm. You're too sensitive. Mm-hmm. You're too emotional. Mm-hmm. You're too mm-hmm. insecure. Get over yourself. And they often now if you think about the nuance of that, what you just did, Robin. You're to this, you're to that. That's a very nuanced and sensitive way of name calling. Think about it's it. True. Labeling. It's true. Labeling. Yeah. You're not, you're not labeling them with a, an obvious name, but that's what that is. You're you're you, they use sarcasm and irony, and then when you respond to it. They use that, oh, you're too, oh, come on. There's this conflation of tactics, and there's two that get conflated frequently. Sarcasm and irony are often followed by that one, which we've talked about in other episodes, called name-calling. It doesn't sound like that, but that's really what it is when they say that to you. The other thing about sarcasm and irony is it, it, it can be really funny, right? It can be really funny. <laughs> so it can... It's a way of enrolling others into the manipulation. Yeah. For example, you know, if I if I say something very sarcastic to Dennis, like, oh, right, you're definitely going to be the one who's on time and shows up first. 
you know, so I say it with sarcasm because he's never on time. And then ho, everybody ho, around ho, me ho. laughs. Everybody knows. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, and, and let's not forget, that's also a little bit public humiliation, right? Yes. Let's just throw in a dash of that little yeah. recipe for this mm-hmm. manipulation mm-hmm. chili. Yeah. So it, it's, and, and we are singling these out, but they do all work together. Mm-hmm. So it's not that all irony and sarcasm is bad, though, because you know, if somebody's really a funny person and they are making, using the sarcasm or the irony for something that's general, that's general, it applies to most people, mm-hmm. where it starts to turn is when it becomes very personal and very specific to someone. Mm-hmm. And that happens when what they're saying, what the manipulator is saying, contains wor- words that you know are painful. Those words are designed to inflict pain on you, to uh, to embarrass you. Yes. And other people may not even know it, but you know it. Other people may laugh at it, but to you, it's not so funny. It's a form of disrespect. And and if you react to it, what do you get? Oh, come on. Don't be so sensitive. That's what you get. But this tactic, tactic is often used with irony, by the way, or with any other, a lot of other tactics. Interestingly, sarcasm can be, it can be quite funny, as Robin said. And when it's used to identify a universal emotion or experience, fine, you know, everybody gets that. But it can be hurtful when it's used to aim at you or someone else personally. That's when it well, gets Well, the hurtful. funny story about this is, Dennis, way back three years ago, when we started to write our book, Outwitting the Manipulator. My brother, my little brother is three years younger than me. Uh, I, I gave him a list of the tactics we had come together. And he goes, where's sarcasm? I don't see sarcasm on your list. And I said, Oh my gosh. Well, (laughs) sarcasm is something that we marinated in our childhood. We almost never communicated anything without sarcasm. So it was so close to me and my personality, which is probably why I did stand up comedy because that is it's rewarded (laughs) in that world. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I didn't, I didn't have it on the list initially. And so I have to give him credit for that because he's absolutely right. This is a very powerful tool. It's funny you mentioned uh, comedy. And of course, with your experience at stand-up, you know this, but oftentimes comedy is a very, it, it, it can be very hurtful. It can be very damaging. It can be very, it can be directed at people uh, and be hurtful things are said. But if you know, it's coming from a comedian. And if you take offense, the comedians, oh, God, I'll be so sad. You know, we're only we're making jokes here. Come on, have a little fun. It can be taken, it can be used that way and then pretend that it didn't really mean it. But it still hurts. It can still be hurtful to people, even though, and it might even be worse if everybody else la- laughs at it. And well, it goes back to did. intention, right? So a yes. good stand-up comedian, their intention is to entertain. That is their job. Their job is to provide enjoyment and entertainment. If you're feeling badly or worse, then they're not doing their job. Mm-hmm. And there are comedians out there who are angry and bitter and they don't aren't able to do the job of being a comedian, but they don't rise to the top. Those people don't get very far. Mm-hmm. So it's again, we're not in stand-up comedy world, but let's talk about regular old conversation sarcasm what do we do with it because it's where does it live it lives in tone and delivery 
not in the words. If what was that example I gave? Like, oh, Dennis will be the first one there. I'm sure he's going to, you know, beat us all to the meeting. Mm-hmm. And it, I get a laugh from everyone at his expense. Maybe he feels a little embarrassed, but the only reason that that works is because it isn't true. Like Dennis is never on time, but it's also the way I said it. So it's got the irony and then the sarcastic delivery. Okay. So what do you do about all this? Yeah. So what, what do you do? What, what do you do, Dennis? You use with sarcasm? <laughs> okay. You have a couple of choices, actually. You can interpret the comment literally instead of the hidden meaning. I mean, you can actually work with the words that were said and have them to get defined or explained a little bit more carefully. Even if you know it's sarcasm, simply show no reaction. Sarcasm only works if you react to the intended use of it. So you might simply change the subject. Another way to deal with sarcasm is by labeling it and commenting it. So let's talk about ethos, pathos, and logos again now. If you have a manipulator who is an ethos-based person, and remember, these are all defined ethos, pathos, and logos back in episodes one and two. If you have a person who is an ethos-based person, and he, he or she wants to come across as erudite and smooth and educated and superior in some way, <clears throat> you say to that person, if they've used sarcasm against you, you say, <clears throat> I know you're well-educated, but what you just said could be interpreted as hurtful and immature. See, now you say those precise words, you say this with a tone of disappointment. So maybe it's a little bit, remember we talked about color words once before? Maybe you say that sentence like this, I know you're well-educated, but what you just said could be interpreted as hurtful and immature. So it's, it's the sound of disappointment, almost accusing them of being those kind of things. You can do it that way, but you, you, you use a softer volume, slower speed, as though you're talking to someone who gets this, as though you're talking to someone who needs guidance, who needs help. They, they will hurt that. So in a way, you're being sarcastic right back to them. But this is what you say for a person who is an ethos-based individual. Now, for someone who is more of a humorist and they're, they, they like humor and they're pathos-based, you say, hey, you have a great sense of humor, but you know, sarcasm can make other people really feel bad. Why are you saying that? You see how I said that? That's a lot different than what I said to an ethos person because you're dealing with someone who thinks it's funny, you know? You have a great sense of humor, but sarcasm can make other people feel bad. Why are you saying that? Almost as though it's blaming. So you say this with a tone of soft shaming, you know, sort of like, like, like your older grandparent might have. Why are you talking like that? Why do you say that? You see, it's sort of that tone of voice advising them to grow up. Okay. All right. So that's for a pathos person. Now, if you're talking to your manipulator is a logos person. Someone who likes facts and figures and they're very logical, you say, <clears throat> Well, that makes no sense. Then just walk away <laughs> or hang up. Yes. Because they <laughs> like to make sense, those logos yeah. people. So that <laughs> oh, now, those, yeah. those phrases that Dennis just gave, the reason why, and again, it's important that you listen to our first episodes. We'll also maybe have a link in the show notes. You need to understand ethos, mm. pathos, and logos. It's how you're going to respond so that you know who's in front of you. But the, the intention of all of those phrases is to identify the manipulation as it's taking place so that the manipulator knows, I see what's happening. Mm-hmm. 
And that is the most important thing you can do to make it stop because manipulation has to be covert in order to be effective. So you're bringing it into the light of day. I'm sorry, Robin. What Robin was just saying is so true about all of the tactics that we're talking about and all the techniques we're giving you. You really have to be prepared to get the backlash. You you have to be convinced of what you're saying. You've got to be aware of the type of person you're talking to. And then those words and those those sentences begin to work. And the action that needs to follow, walk away, hang up, that begins to be part of the the, the technique that you use in self-protection. And so if you hear those words, you're that. too insecure, you're too insensitive, yeah. you're not. You, yo, no, no, you're not. That's an attempt. Right, right. Well, so, should we move on to, uh, this is a shorter episode today because we're yeah. only covering two. Should we move on to the media moment? Can we have producer no, Dave? About, I want to talk about irony first. Can we talk oh. about irony? Because that's a little bit of humor. Right. We mentioned okay. that. Yes. Okay, that's just quickly. Because irony simply means that, it, well, what it means is anything except what the, literally it means. So you may something, but it sounds like it means one thing. It really means another thing. And it's often used as humor, but it, it's intended to embarrass. Like you don't know. You're not tuned in. You're not the one who's smart here. Manipulators often use this because they're very good at language. They use language very well, and it's a primary weapon of manipulators. It's frequently used to humiliate you, to make you look like you don't know what they're talking about. You're naive. Now, here's what you do, because I know I'm going to move along, Robin, because we're we're a little short on time today. So let's get right to it. What's the technique you can use? Don't show embarrassment. That's the first thing. Don't be like, what? Gee, I don't know. What? I don't know what that. No, don't do any of that kind of stuff. Ignore the irony and don't respond to it until you or unless you respond to the words used literally, what the word means, not what the implication of the word is. Talk about it at its face value. So to protect yourself, if you don't understand the use of a word or it's being used in some unusual way, just be careful. It could be a test to evaluate your comfort with language and its usage. So. If you're talking to an ethos, faith as a logos person, here are the techniques that you can use to protect yourself while that's happening. If your manipulator is an ethos kind of a person, thinks they're really hot stuff, you know. Hey, Dennis, important. maybe I should read them so they hear a female voice. Ooh. You know, Go because, ahead. yeah, it's a so little female different. Voices, so because a female voice is really <laughs> better. At, <laughs> well, at, no, I'm just saying because you've done them all. <laughs> oh, I see. You're being high. <laughs> Being no, that's irony. A female yes. voice is really better. That's irony. But I mean it. No, you go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to accept that true. at face value, that that's a fact. Okay. The oh, female voice bing, is better. You got me. Ding. Go gotcha. Okay. So ethos, <laughs> for an ethos person, we're appeasing that need for acknowledgement with, it, with an ethos yeah. person. So the language we use is, I know you are good with words, but you said that in an awkward way. Ooh. Again, exposing the mm-hmm. fact that they're not being accurate. Mm-hmm. Pathos, emotional. Mm-hmm. I know you meant that as humor, but it's actually quite rude and not funny. Mm-hmm. These are meant to sting, by the way. We're exposing the manipulation in real time. And finally, our very fact evidence data person. That's an odd way to say that. 
What do you really mean? Logos Quite simple and succinct on purpose. Logos person crazy. What, what do you mean? I, I'm very smart. Did you get that? Absolutely. All you right. Say, the, say that with a little bit of disappointment, like, hmm, I thought you were so smart, but what do you really mean? So your tone of voice will make a difference with that too. But those are the precise words that we want you to get comfortable saying. Now, it doesn't, if you don't say those precise words, fine, but those are really good words. If you can put it in your language, in your words, even better. So right. should we turn to producer Dave now for our media moment? Oh, time for that. The R&D media moment. What do we got today, Robin? Very quick. I just want to bring up an old movie, actually, not super old, 2015, a movie called The Duff. Duff, which is D-U-F-F? A, D-U-F-F, which okay. is a rom-com and interestingly, one of my dad's favorite movies, but that's beside the point. The Duff stands, well, let's run the clip, producer Dave. Showtime. For generations, you could only be a jock, geek, a princess, or a basket case. I'm my own best friend. But what I didn't know was I had a brand new label. There's my favorite Duff. Sorry, what? Duff. D-U-F-F. Designated ugly fat friend. What did you just say to me? Look, I didn't mean it like that. Every group of friends has one. You're the one who's approachable. Oh, boy. So D-U-F-F, if you didn't catch that, stands for Designated Ugly Fat Friend. This movie takes place in high school where a girl who's actually quite cute, but she's hanging out with the bedazzled glam girls in high school. And she is it's revealed to her that she's the duff. I guess every every squad of uh, glam girls has the designated ugly fat friend. Now, I have a lot of mixed feelings about this as a as a mom and and as somebody who cares about manipulation. (laughs) It's hard to enjoy these things. Sometimes it is a funny movie, but it's it's uh it reveals something, I guess the, the benefit to it is it does reveal something that exists. It calls this thing out that happens in high schools. So this is a, a real thing. And it's been talked about a lot. I think I mentioned in another episode that I've heard males talking about targeting the duff in a group because they have better chances of having sex with her because of her, her being insecure. So it's very sick and twisted, but hey, we're here to discuss manipulation, and that's sick and twisted. So interesting and, and manipula- movie. Boy, I can tell you, manipulators do use that. This particular thing, I, I, I don't know that my, at my youth, I, I ever used the term, and I thought about the term duff, but the idea of identifying the girl in the group who seemed the most insecure, that's the target. Yeah. And terrible. much easier to manipulate. Yeah, it's, oh, it's terrible. terrible. And then, you know, making a movie means. like this, it it kind of, it exposes it. It gives Calls us it language, but now we have language. So now yeah. does that make it worse? Does that make it better? I don't know. These are mm-hmm. questions for you to reflect on and think about. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen the movie, maybe you watch it knowing what you're learning here and think about it in terms of manipulation and how it mm-hmm. might affect young people who are watching this. Anyway, that's that's all we have for now. But Dennis, if you'd like this to wrap up. This episode today has really been, it was designed to talk about humor, but you know, we didn't mean it to be funny for sure, but humor in the sense that manipulation often happens, happens under the aegis, the cover of humor. And we talk specifically about the use of sarcasm and irony. 
that your manipulator will also often, quite often, say things sarcastically. And then when you say something back, no, well, don't be so sensitive. Or, oh, come on. Yeah, no, it's still manipulation. Call it out. The two techniques that really will work for you is one, call it out. Don't stand Identify for it. it in real time. Absolutely. Identify it right then. And whether you have an ethos way, there's a logos person, use the techniques that we suggest to put it in your language, of course, put it in your way, but call it out. Don't allow these things to manipulate you. You are in charge of all of this. And one of the messages we want to give you in every one of these episodes is that you're in charge. Don't be manipulated. Don't allow that person to control the momentum of the moment in which things are happening. Strike back. These words, this language, these ideas, these techniques are the things that will help you feel better, be better, and we'll be here with you as long as you as long as you need us. We'll be here. Be with us again next week when we're going to be talking about more tactics, very specific tactics. We'll probably be talking about uh, chapter uh, episode five. No, no, five of the most common. Yeah. Oh, we're going to be in the episode. We're going to talk about five of the most common manipulative tactics. I I believe we're going to cover things like ambiguity, conflation, repetition, and several other. It's it's five of the most common in conversation tactics. In in conversation, that's the key right there. What you have, they happen in conversation. Anyway, that's what we're going to get into next session. We'll cover those things, and so we hope you're learning something each time you're with us. And today, we hope we gave you something very specific to talk about. A little bit of humor but nonetheless very serious. So we're glad you're with us. Be with us again next time. We're really glad that you're here. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Dennis Becker. She's Robin Galinsky. Bye for now. Thank you for being with us today on today's episode of Outwitting the Manipulator, Protecting Yourself in Real Time. Robin and Dennis are seasoned communication experts, not medical or therapeutic professionals. The thoughts and opinions expressed are their own. If you, a loved one, or a friend are in an abusive or controlling relationship, you will find additional resources in the show notes for today's episode. Their book, Outwitting the Manipulator, Protecting Yourself in Real Time, is available on Amazon, Audible, and Kindle. We invite you to be with us again next time. Robin and Dennis will discuss ways of outwitting the manipulator, protecting yourself in real time.